Hey guys, welcome to another podcast of A Music in Time. This episode is very, very special. We're breaking down Two Faces' solo debut album, Face to Face, and I got with me two incredible human beings, Chooks Udo, who is an all-round entertainment guy, but wears the hat of a music journalist, and Dennis Peter, who is a journalist, pop culture writer at Native Mark. Listen up, guys. 2004, remarkable year for Nigerian pop music. Um, 2004, um, um, basically, you know, is the year that the second wave of Nigerian pop music, you know, starts. The first wave, 99. Second wave between 2004 and 2006. Third wave, 2008, 10. You know, and 2008 to 2011. So if you, if you try and push it, you know, all together. But 2004 is such a remarkable year because one phenomenal body of work dropped face to face by two face. Here with me, I have two very interesting people, right? I will start with Chooks. He goes by many names, <laughs> but, but we'll keep it, we'll stick to Chooks' order. And yeah. I will say Chooks all through this episode, even though I like to say Hezzy. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, Chooks is a man of uh, many talents and he wears many hats. Um, today, he's wearing the hat of a music journalist. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, but if you, if you want to um, um, know more about Chooks, you could um, follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Filmmaker underscore. Fame maker underscore. underscore. Yeah. That gives you an idea <laughs> <laughs> of, of who this gentleman is. Yeah, I also yeah. have with me the brilliant, prolific writer, Ayo Dennis Peter. Did I get the name right? Did I get that, the name? That's not the order. That's uh, not the order. I, br- I, I removed Ayo because that's what my mom calls me. So it's like... Okay, special. Okay. So I just prefer people calling me Dennis. Okay, so Dennis. Dennis Peter. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So Dennis Peter is a writer. Um, I mean, introduce yourself. <laughs> um, I'm a music journalist. Oh, I prefer culture journalist now because I'm trying to you know jazz it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so not not jazz. not the jazz that Chooks <laughs> means. <laughs> yeah, not the <laughs> jazz that Chooks. Yeah, sorry, but like yeah, I'm a culture journalist. Um, I predominantly I predominantly work at, uh, write for the native mag.com. So yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. You could check his stuff out at the nativemag.com. What's your Twitter? Dennis Ade Peter. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. All right. Guys, we're here to talk about Two Faces solo debut album, Face to Face. Yeah, yeah. Now, Two Faces is one of the most decorated and successful, you know, pop artists come out of Africa, right? At some point he became the poster child for African mm-hmm. music, yeah. especially, you know, the new age African music. Um, but what's the background to Two Face? I want us to start there before we go into Face to Face album. Okay. So, you want to so, hear us? Um, I first knew Two Face from the Plantation Boys. Obviously. Um, when they dropped their first album, um, Body and Soul, right? In 2000. Body, Body and Soul in 2000. I mean, I was in Delta State then, Asaba. I was, thinking, I was just getting out of secondary school at that time. And it was very, very interesting seeing Nigerian boys do that kind of music that they were doing. It was so different. It was so so new, so remarkable that they were doing that kind of music. It was different from whatever the Blackies and the Alex O's and the rest of these guys that we grew up on were doing. And it was just so refreshing seeing Nandran boys trying to do what the um, Oshas and the rest of the other guys were doing, you know. So, yeah, it was really remarkable seeing that kind of album drop. I mean, Two-Face um, with um, Plantation Boys. And from there, we started 
learn more about them and they dropped the second album um i can't remember the name right now sold out sold out yeah sold out album and it was just when i i remember the first time i saw two face when they came for plantation boys came for a show in delta state grand hotels and it was just so packed everywhere was full and they were like it was like the first time i was experiencing experiencing a concert and it was two face plantation boys black face face and it was so on so remarkable to watch them at that time I mean, three prolific young guys, right? Mm, yeah. You know, in the in buried in right in the middle of driving, you know, Nigerian music, music yeah. into the first wave of that pop feel. Mm. You know, right before '99, we had been listening to Raskimono, Eviedna Ogoli, mm. you know, Oris Wiliki, Blackie, mm. um, a lot of dancehall, a lot of reggae. you know reggae mid tempo. Then you started to see the likes of LD, the Don, and Tribesmen mm-hmm. on one end, you know, Rugged Man, Paul Play on the other end, yeah. and of course the Plantation Boys. These three guys came out of First Stack, mm. signed to Nelson Brown, Dove Records, dropped the first album. It's pop culture. It's young. It's fresh. It's you know for the first time, young people are really excited about music. Are really excited about reading the lyrics. You exactly. Know. Uh, it was the first time. <laughs> exactly. I, I, the, the, those um, lyrics yeah. book. You know. Shout out to Hip Hop World. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know. you got yours from Hip Hop World. Okay. I mean, we, we had to buy the, the, the tape book from from the streets. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so you you start to see that drive, and you know. They dropped the dub debut album three years later. The drop sold out, mm. you know, you know, and and I just start to build up from there. Then in two thousand and four, we start to hear rumors that they are splitting up. Dennis, where were you when you heard Two Face was going solo? I I can't remember specifically, but I remember watching the video for um, African Queen. I was I was home from school. I was in boarding school there. I was probably in chess one and wow. I watched that and I remember this vividly. The next day we went to summer class and somebody had written a fucking love letter and there was this line from the second verse that the guy quoted in there and I saw it and I said, I know this song from somewhere. You a liar. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I know this song. I'm serious. No, I know what you're saying. I'm saying <laughs> yeah, you exactly. exactly. You know, it's like, just like love letter. Like, why? Because people always jack lyrics. It's normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, this is like this. I just heard this song. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And from then, it was like, okay, yeah. I knew Two Face before then, obviously, from Plantation Boys. Yeah. But the thing is, when you're in boarding school, you only know what is happening outside when you come outside. Hmm. And I just came out to meet African Queen. I just came out and I met African Queen and that was it. And we'll go into African Queen and, you know, the the, the, the big details and, you know, the drama, yeah. you know, from yeah. the record and all that. But I, I remember, you know, um, the news breaking out that, you know, the Plantation Boys were going solo. Mm. It was a big deal, yeah, you know. And people were looking forward to what, you know, we're, we're looking forward to what, what to expect from mm-hmm. from these from these young guys, yeah. and of course, the first person taking the first step was Two Face. Yeah. Now you had the we talked about you know driving you know music mm. from the first way from ninety nine. One of the record labels that was very instrumental to driving this was Kenny's Music, yeah. right? They had signed Rasky, Paul Play, um, um, the Remedy, uh, so Idris, Eddie yeah. Remedy, Tony Tetwila. Mm. He had signed. You know, um, his sister, Kenny Sam Brown. Brown. You had the gospel singer. Um, there was Slam also. I there think. was Slam who had left Oxygen. Yeah. So Paul Play had a group called Oxygen that yeah. had Slam, 
Paul Play, Tony Ternero, rest in peace, yeah. and B Swave. Mm-hmm. By the way, B Swave is Tony Tone's elder brother. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's my crush. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Tony Tone's account. You could follow her on TikTok. <laughs> you are following her on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you know, they, they, they sign all these guys and they are leading, literally leading the charge, yep. you know, for revolutionizing, you know, Nigerian and music. music. And, you know, come, come, you know, this guy comes into the picture called Rugged Man takes a shot at two or three of their artists, right? Yeah. And it was more of a credibility thing. Like, your artists are not authentic or credible. Yeah. Because, you know, there was this whole, let's remix international songs and yeah, make it local yeah, songs, yeah, yeah. which I really love, you it know? It's good. I mean, Olumentine. You know, they were doing it and all that. So, Rocket Man <laughs> comes into the remix. picture. This is them. Kenny's music was in dire need of one a superstar. Sup- one guy they could make a superstar who was talented, who had the credibility yeah. who people loved yeah. and they wanted to put the machine behind it mm-hmm. and you know Two-Face was the Two-Face, Two-Face was the right candidate mm-hmm. when Kenny signed with uh, when Two-Face signed with Kenny's music and dropped the first single and video mm-hmm. Infinite Bauer yeah Chooks what, what what was going through your mind so when I first heard Infinite Bauer it was the video I first saw with the whole camouflage and all of all that stuff it was I mean, we, would, we knew Two-Face already. So it was really interesting. That was like the first thing I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's actually doing his thing. Now, and one interesting thing that I, I mean, I was listening to that song a few days ago and again, I was like, this was really Two-Face showing us a side of any raps. You know, if you look at the way he started, if you know, well, I'm coming yeah. out, it was, it was basically rapping there with rhymes and everything and all that. So that was Two-Face and he just showed how the whole album was, there was like diverse sounds. You can you couldn't have said Two Face was singing all through R and B on that on that album. He did a little bit of R and B. He did he rapped, he sang, he did the raga, whatever. He did a little bit of rock on that album. So and that song really set the tone for Two Face's career. Really, he was like, I'm coming out straight this time. I'm coming out with my own kind of piece of rhyme and. Years later, Two Face is still doing Two Face, and he says, "Who God can bless, who God has blessed, no man can cause." That song has some level of prophecy, really. If you listen to that song very well, it has a level of prophecy. And when I heard that song for the first time, I was blown, I was blown away. Let's listen to Infinite Bar. All right. Yeah, I'm coming out straight this time I'm coming out with a little of my own kind of peace of mind I'm doing it my way this time Like I'm not gonna bore you with some flimsy kind of piece of rhymes So pull a cushion, sit back, relax and listen to this introduction Of me, myself and my mission My vision is to let you all see That there's more to this life than just faking up reality Yeah, reality I wake up in the morning and I stretch out my feet Say I thank you prayer then I brush up my teeth A little exercise and then I grab something to eat Put on a piece of clothes and I step out into the street Then into the studio just to cook up some beat Later to the club to make the people feel the heat Make an honest living and I'm proud about it Making sure that all my mistakes I don't repeat Like I mind my own business and I don't give a shit I say what's on my mind I don't have time to edit Got to thank the Lord that is on me for me feet Oh praise the Lord he give me power to defeat you give me stone instead of to give me meat. I try to palm it and I try to forget it. Everybody know that me too lazy to quit. Everybody know that me physically fit. Everybody know that me humble and cool. But some people them take me for a full of neighbor. 
If I give another man, yeah, oh. So the reason why I say for the Iba, oh, is that I got my conscience by my side. Got peace of mind inside. For the Iba, oh. No matter what them do, I'm going to make my door. So the reason why I say for the Iba, oh, is you got a space. No man can curse. No man can curse. Some people will say some things that will cut like a knife. I know some people will say that I might never find a wife, but I'll do my thing my way. Oh, my brother, no be fine. Sometimes I might be wrong, sometimes I might be right, but I keep my head straight and I'll keep my game tight. Cause within I they see a future where they pride. Got to have it all, not just the mic. Got to have it all, not by power, not by might. But cause Kenny's music at my back day and night. And the Almighty Lord, him never let me leave him sight. But upon on top of that, I still feel my people pride. So I promise you, I go use my music to the shiny lighter. I know go call the from like say I know the shite I go bear my mind I go bear I'm black and white just because so say I know Vinny we just heard Infinite Bower yeah. and collectively we have all agreed that this is a rap record yeah Dennis dope bars <laughs> <laughs> I can hear a 90s rapper rapping over that it's mm. it's very very it's the bounce it's the bounce like you can it's literally I can hear Jesus. I'm thinking about it now change clothes Mm. From the black album mm. and this bounce, you, you can hear the similarities. Even yeah. it's in Balan bounce, you can hear it. Yeah, like the bounce is there. Yeah, it's a rap record. And although I'm happy, he killed the whole inner rap thing. Yeah, because let's not lie, his cadence is a little brittle on that. But like, yeah, I mean, I back like, backstory: Two Face used to be a rapper, yeah, yeah, and his name was Inno Raps. Right, Inno Raps. Inno Raps. Inno Raps. Inno Raps. Is it Inno? I thought it was Inno Raps. I think it was. Inno and Inno his friends used to clown him like Inno Rap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, um, you could definitely tell that you know these guys, no matter the genre they moved into, yeah. you could tell that yeah, they had a background heads. in hip hop. Yeah, they, yeah. they were clearly hip hop heads. Listen, they were hanging around hip hop guys. Yeah. And if you notice back then, you would see like a rugged man, a two face, a freestyle. You know, um, a diary, like they were all in the same, same space, space because yeah. they were all big fans of hip hop. Sans Sultan, I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> just imagine Sans Sultan. Sans Sultan, you you could describe him clearly as a hip hop guy yeah. that sings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, his elder brother was Baba a hip hop guy that yeah. does dancehall. Yeah. You know, so um, what a, what a time to be, you know, what a time to be alive to actually yeah. witness all this. Exactly. You know, I think it's amazing. You could also hear the lyrics. I mean, listen to the lyrics on the song. And yeah. at the end, he's saying, welcome to my world. Like yeah. you said, Chooks, it was like the introduction. Yeah. It was like, this is me, solo artist. First, this solos, is, first, first solo record. Yeah. First solo record. Yeah. This is how I am hitting you guys. And you watch the video, the camo flag, the girls, it's mm. pretty, it's lovely. Yeah. You know, you could also see the strength of the difference mm-hmm. between a Dove Records and mm-hmm. Kenny's music coming behind him. Exactly. Big budget videos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in context back then. Yeah. You know, um, um, you know, production. Production, you know, engineering. The engineering, um, um, the distribution of the music. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there was no internet. It's 2004. The internet is limited. Yes. You know, internet is cyber cafes. Cyber only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not your yeah. mobile phones, not. A small percentage have dial-up, <laughs> dial-up at home. Yeah. So internet is really in a, in a, in one, in one cyber cafe, right? For, for a whole So it's, it's like one house in, a, in every community yeah. can have, have, have access to internet. It's crazy mm-hmm. yeah. if you think about it, right? Exactly. And guess what? You're also not going to the internet to listen to the exactly. music. No. It's yeah. not there. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. there. 
you know. So it's on CDs, it's on tape, Cassettes. it's on radio. Yeah, and, most especially on radio. And Kenny's music, obviously, um, with Ideo Gungbe mm. and, and Dayo Adine having strong ties with um, um, AIT yeah, and, and yeah. Ray Power, yeah. you know, at the time, yeah. it was just an easy conduit to push Two Faces music and really blow him out of, you know, the out of the world, you know. And 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 thus started Two Faces solo career yeah. and it and it built up from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to talk about the genre of this album. It goes through Afro, you know, pop, whatever you want to call it now. It's <laughs> yeah. it's really formless. It was called yeah. Niger music back then. It was called Niger music back then, you know. There's elements of rock like you, like uh, on on you know Holy Pass. Mm. Um, there's there's every kind of music. It has every kind of yeah. sound. Mm. How would you classify it now in 2020? <sighs> I say it's a pop album. Yeah, with deep hip hop roots. I think the one thing that we don't think about is the fact that they just named hip hop the most dominant genre in the world or whatever. Yeah, but it has always been like that since the 90s. And I mean, Didi was like the guy. And Didi was making R&B songs with like the hip-hop core. That's how you have hip-hop soul and all of these things. And I know for a fact that if you are tapped into hip-hop, you also tapped into that culture. Yeah. Which is where Two-Face comes from. So directly, it's a pop album. It's a pop album. But it is it has so many influences coming in to it. But like you can tell where the roots are specific from. Like just, because the way he sings, the way Two-Face sings, he has this roots reggae thing. Like that's, his, that's, the bass level of his voice. But when you're not start talking about his melodies, you start hearing like the R&B with the hip-hop thing. Like, it's like hearing, um, I don't know, like, no one, okay, let me say one, one, two. Yeah. One, one, two, yeah. yeah. One, one, two, um, um, there's this song, this is um, Dr. Dre's song, this is a song with Black Street's Dr. Dre, this is no yeah. diggity song. Yeah. yeah. And you can hear, if you hear the way they were singing on that song, you can hear the way the melodies progress, but his, his, his bass level voice, he has that root reggae thing. So I think it's a pop album. And the thing about pop music is, it is inherently amorphous. Like, everything is just there for you to just throw inside. Like, people can make, you can make a, a disco throwback record now, and it's a pop song. You can make yeah. a trap liners, and it's a pop song. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it literally preempts the idea of post-genre right now, mm. it literally preempts that. That's mm. what it is. Let's also talk about Two Faces' versatility, which, you know, you have to attribute this, you know, formless void of genre to, mm. in a yeah. way. Yeah. You know, the artist can also deliver on any kind of beat, any kind of yeah. sound. Two Face is very versatile. Mm. There are only two other artists in the world I compare to Two Face in terms of versatility. It's Wandekol and Bonaboy. Okay. Put them on any records, they yeah, will deliver. It. Not yeah, only deliver, they will shine. Yeah. You know, I want you to break down Two Faces' versatility here. He's coming from a group where he predominantly sang R&B, yeah. moved into some spaces once in a while, but, you know, stayed back in the R&B space. Yeah. But on this debut album, he's now plunging into different sounds and genre. Yeah. What is your take on Two Faces' versatility here? I think it stems from a lot of his influences. Um what he listened to, or what he listens to, um, and also what he grew up in. And not just what he listens to, the environment of Nigeria at that time. If you, look, if you notice Two Faces music at that time, yeah, there was the R&B and all of all that, but on the album, there was also some conscious kind of music and everything. So all, those, all of all that experiences shape the kind of music that he does. So whether it's rap or whether it's blues or the reggae thing that he was 
was talking about. There's just, I think it's his experiences, really, that makes him unique. Do you also think the messaging kind of pushes him in a direction he should be going to? Yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why I said something about what he says yeah. in the record. Yeah. I mean, when he's singing conscious, he has to do something that that's within that kind of genre, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I've, never, I've never seen a conscious blues record. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen one? I don't know. I've never seen a conscious blues record. I mean, that has been very popular. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the messaging, like you said, really kind of shapes the kind of way he delivers on each, whatever, whatever record he finds himself on. Mm. Dennis? Um, I also think part of that too is the fact that he was coming from a group. When you're, when you're transitioning to a solo artist, in, no matter how talented you are, you have something to prove. And what was before a job of three people is not for one person. You mm. have to prove that you have to carry that load. Mm. And automatically, that means that you have to do more than... Like, if you had one trick before, you have to pull up the trick of three people to make sure that people are staying engaged, mm. which is basically the idea. And I think the and I think he knew that. That's why the Ufni Bauer is very, very powerful. Like, it's, it's like I'm coming in right now and I have more than the idea of you people. Like, this is what you think I am. But this is, I am much more than that. And I'm going to prove that. So that self-pressure, that pressure on self, it just, it, it, lets, it, lets, it lets him go in different directions and just try out different things. And it just, and I think this album was basically two-faced. In as much as it sounded confident, he was finding himself. Hmm. Interestingly, you know, you, hmm. know, you said something about being one guy who had to do the job of three people. Yeah. I think, and I think he also worked for two-faced because... Two-Face literally ran with the Plantation Boys from um, Template. Yeah. On this on this album. Yeah. If you notice, the whole album is plant, Plantation we'll, Boys. So we'll, whether, we'll, we'll get to, <laughs> I don't want us to get there. Yeah, we'll get to the messaging. Yeah. I wanted us to also, you know, pick on, you know, just to piggyback off what Dennis said. He was in a group. Three people were delivering. Now he has to do it all of himself. Do you also think there was a bit of competition here? I think you so. know, with, with, with the other guys, because the other guys are also going to come out with bodies of work. Yeah. Do you also think there was some sort of competition? You know what? We have to outdo each other. So, for me, I don't think, I really, I really didn't see competition. I think Two-Face was just on his own. But the way, like I was trying to say, Two-Face was lucky because he was the first, in, first person to drop. Mm. And he basically ran with Plantation Boys template mm. that every of the other guys had to either tweak Tweak, tweak basically and move off and that, move off whoa. and that was really what I can say was the undoing from the rest of those guys because they couldn't do plantation boys again because that would mean jacking two face. Wow, that's a hot take yeah, that I is. agree with. <laughs> because we, I, you know, we we've already reviewed Blackface's Ghetto Child. Yeah, you know that dropped in the same year, yeah. and you know one of the things we mentioned there was that he veered off mm. the Two Face and the yeah, Plantation yeah, yeah. Boy sound yeah. and went Italy, into really yeah. curated Akonto music yeah. sound. And if you listen to Faze's 2005 solo debut, yeah. um, Faze alone, yeah. he just moved into the R and B space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was Two Face that remained Plantation Boys. Wow. Okay, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. We can't we can't discuss genre, genre blending, and all this, and not mention who was behind the boards making yeah. the music. We have to mention OJB Jezreel, yeah. aka Jigga, Jigga. Yeah. right? Popularly known as Jigga. I want us to really 
quickly touch, well, not quickly. I want us to take our time, you know, to touch on the late great veteran producer. When you heard these beats back then, yeah. hmm? and when you heard it now, when I placed the phone call to you, say you should come on the pod. Yeah. What is what 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 has been going through your mind when you hear these beats? I've been thinking timeless, basically. Like you you hear a song and you can hear touch points from maybe where the influence are from, but it still sounds of its own. It sounds like as if it was made for this moment. Like it's like everything in history comes combines to come and form that moment. But at the same time, I mean we're going to talk about the influences eventually. But like at the same time, it just becomes like a wellspring for moving forward. And that's that's the thing about timeless music. No matter when you hear it, it doesn't sound dated. Even though it sounds of its time. Yeah. It doesn't sound dated. Mm, mm. That's the thing. And I feel like, rest in peace, OJB, he, he, he had an essence to his music. And anytime you, you, hear, you hear a song with like him behind the boards, it sounded like that artist. But you know who the puppet master was. Exactly. Fantastic, fantastic. And, you know, Jigga went on to do it with Two-Face, yes. Niola, yeah. you know, so many artists. Yeah. Like you said, he would, it would be his playground, but he would give you a part of his playground to play in. Yeah. So you know, oh, it sounds like that artist. It's that artist yeah. sound, but you would know this is Jigga's playground. Yeah. He, he, he was, he, and he found a way to do it with Two-Face. This is the first time they were collaborating together, which is, you know, mind-blowing. You know, the beat that blew my mind that record was right here. Fantastic. God damn it. At the ending, that bass, yeah. God, man. When I first heard that stuff, I was like, you know, around 04, 05, I was just getting into learning about what production and all of all, of all that was like. I'm not a producer, but I mean, I was going around a lot of studios, seeing, and how, seeing how all of, all of those, all these things were being done. And to see someone like Jigga or hear someone do it in the level that Jiga was doing at that time was just so out of was out of Nigeria, and not just his production. He's also his writing skills. I know Jiga had some. I want to believe he had some writing credits. He, this, he wrote right here, right, right start he wrote to finish. Right here, yeah, you know, this so, is this is. He wrote the song, so, the whole song. So even and his writing, I think he has also has background vocals on the, on, on the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you really listen to right here, you know it's a Jiga song. Jiga. Yeah. You could tell it's a Jigga song. Should we listen to right here? Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Rest in peace, OJB Just Raw. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. One piece. One piece. Two face. Two face. I was weak when you said you had to go. Teardrops crying like a mighty flow But you turned around and said that you love me so How could I let you go? Oh no, 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 no Sorry I'll make you cry Let's talk about those things that now we used to play yeah. Say now your love, I didn't always did think of it. 
everything I would do to make you see oh, my love for you now real Baby, it's right here Baby, it's right here I don't take for this game Love you today Don't go let your love walk away Baby, it's right here Baby, it's right here Please don't go Oh, I love you so Bend the knees Even more to show No need to be afraid I won't let you down Cause since you've been here My life's been turned around Baby Sorry I make you cry Let's talk about those days And now we used to play We're just blessed by the sounds of OJB Jezreel. I also, I just want to touch on it again, right? This is OJB's first one, you know, one album production. You know, I, I sit on an artist mm-hmm. and I give the artist the whole album. Was yeah. this the first time we're experiencing this? That's the first time. I, and f- to me, that's with, the a, solo I, artist. Yeah, with a solo artist. Mm. I know of. Mm. Interesting. And I mean, this was, this album made me know OJB. Mm. I didn't know OJB at that time. <laughs> I mean, OJB had, you know, produced for... I mean, it was around this time he also produced for Rockhead Man. No, you know, we knew, we knew the records, but we didn't care about the producer. Yeah. yeah. But when I'm saying when I cared about who produced this record, that was when I knew, okay, this is OJB. And this person's name is OJB, the producer of this record. Interestingly, Kenny's music also had a theme, you know, of, of, of you know, getting an in-house producer, yeah. right? And then getting the artist to work with the in-house producer. Yeah. So it started with um, Paul Play. Yeah. And Paul Play produced Tony Tetwila's first album, yeah. uh, Morning Time, in 1999. Yeah. While still working as a solo artist himself. Yeah. Then produced, um, he released Project 1 and Project 2 so, under Kenny's music before yeah. moving to drop the Hitsville. That's another album for another day. Yeah. And, and, you know, so they recruited, you know, OJB Just Real. Uh, while he was still with Point Beats, but he had started to, you know, work with him closely. Mm. But before, you know, the Paul Play, between Paul Play and OJB, there was a guy called Omolulu, yeah. who had also, who was also an in-house producer, mm. had worked on Slam's albums, and also started working on his own album and released his debut album. And I believe also produced um, Jaga Jaga for Idris yes. Abdul Karim. Okay. But, you know, OJB then marked a new age yeah. and a new sound and re- basically ushered in a new sound how, is it, how important is it for producers? We focus a lot on artists. How important is it for producers, you know, um, um, in this space, driving new sounds? Why is it so important? Um, I think, to be honest, I think producers are always ahead of the artists because you always have to think, like, um, I, I, was, I, was thinking, I was speaking to Ladi Pomos and I was saying about how, like, artists have to evolve faster than the fans, but I think producers have to evolve faster than the artists. 
because at the end of the day, they are the guardians of the sound. Hmm. Is what a producer like? You can be an artist and have the sound in your head, but if you cannot bring it to life, is the producer that you go and meet. Sure. Like you can you can direct the sound, but in most cases in Nigerian this thing at the end of the day is like, can't give me beats. It's not let's work together, let's create together. It's can't give me beats, and if the beats doesn't sound cutting edge, you are just basically going to blend into whatever is happening in that moment. And I think for someone like OJB driving the sound forward. It is basically just characterized with producers. It's what producers have done since the beginning of time. I mean, Quincy Jones, um, Dr. Dre, Didi, all of these guys, they are dragging these things forward. Fine. Artists are the ones that we place emphasis on. But producers are the ones that actually drive these things forward. If we think about, we don't even need to think about it too much. Just look at it like your favorite record. Any, if you, the music behind it, the artist's voice, sometimes you can, there are some records like we said right here, he's using two faces voice as an instrument, basically, on that song. Yeah. Two faces voice and instruments in is basically an OJB creation. It's like someone curates that art show and it's like, oh, this one, this is one of the paintings. Channel is for you. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> that is it. And that's what producers are have been doing since the beginning of time. And that's what OJB did with this album. So yeah. Rest in peace, OJB. Let's listen to African Queen. Yeah, yeah. You are my African queen. Just like the sun, light up the earth, you light up my life. Mm-hmm. The only one I ever see with a smile so bright. Hey. And just yesterday, you came around my way. You changed my horse in way with your astonishing beauty. Oh, you could have make a brother sing. No ordinary thing, a supernatural thing. And no, you are brighter than the moon, brighter than the star. I love you just the way you are. And you are my African queen, the girl of my dreams. You take me where I've never been, yeah. You make my heart go tingalingaling. Oh, you are my African queen, the girl of my dreams. And you remind me of a thing. And that is the African beauty You are my African queen Oh, Lord, oh, Lord Mm. Out of a million, you stand as one The outstanding one Mm. I look into your eyes Girl, what I see is paradise Hey, you captivated my soul Now every day I want you more I cannot deny this feeling I'm feeling inside Hey, no one cannot take your place I cannot take your space That is a fact I cannot erase And no, you are the one that makes me smile Make me float like a boat upon the Nile Girl, you are my African queen the girl of my dreams You take me where I've never been You make my heart go tingling, darling You are my African queen African queen Yeah Such a fantastic record, right? The lyrics, the composition, the production, the feel, the message Everything around it is perfect It's a 10 over 10 record 100% You know 
might have been overflogged in our ears. I, I don't like listening to it. I like to skip <laughs> it because, you know, you everywhere you so turn, much. you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's African Queen, African Queen. This song is the song that put Nigeria on the map. Without a doubt. Yeah. True. And then further plunged Two-Face to be the poster child for African pop music, music at the yeah. time, going on to win an MTV Europe Music Award, yeah. Yeah. something that had never been done before. Or conceived. You know, the video was the first video that was played on MTV, MTV Base. Yeah. You know, so so many groundbreaking things, yeah. but so much controversy around the record. Well. <laughs> you know, Blackface, yeah. Two yeah. Faces from, uh, you know, bandmates, mm. started to claim that he wrote the record and, you know, and and... And you know there was, the controversy never stopped. Yeah, you know right from that moment. Well, I think to a great extent, I think the controversy even helped the song to even gain a lot of a lot more traction. It doesn't take take it doesn't take away anything from the very very brilliant lyrics and wonderful production by OGB. Yeah, but that controversy was just like a whirlwind at that time, especially with the whole breakup and all of all that stuff. It felt like. Um, Two Face was just jacking up everything that had to do with Blackface, and Blackface obviously was disgruntled about everything. And we know how many years that has dragged up until now. I don't know if they finally resolved, but even if they resolved, they think they play black for mine, man. I want us to add a lot of context to it. African Queen became Kenny's music. Were able to, you know, um, um, get the record to be on the soundtrack for a US released movie, yeah. Yeah. Fat Girls, yeah. featuring Monique. Yeah. That's a huge deal. At that time. At, you know, I'm, <laughs> let me be so. I, I want to know, you know, how that publishing money went around. Well. You know, that's some <laughs> really good money. Yeah, yeah. 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 At, at that time, it was a huge deal. Yeah. The song became the record. I think there were two songs on that movie, um, African Queen and Danford Driver, Swore. Yeah, I think I, I think that made it. Yeah, Driver, Driver Swore. I think it made it as well. It was on that movie. Yeah, it was on that movie also. Fantastic. African Queen, written by Blackface. Now we know the record has been written by Blackface. Do you think it became so controversial that we heard, oh, Blackface wrote the record, Two-Face did the record? As at this time, it's 2004, 2005, songwriting, mm. you know, um, Nigerians aren't really open. I mean, even till now, now. Till now to, yeah. to be very frank, yeah. right? They are not really open about, or they're not really knowledgeable about how songwriting works. Do you think that also played into the whole controversy? Yeah. Um, I mean, shameless blogger. I wrote like a story about this earlier this year about how songwriting is not really. It should be more of a thing. People are writing for other people. Is we are just not paying too much attention to it. Like you need to go and read the credits. But like people are writing for other people. But I, I, I generally think it's a hip hop thing. We took so much from hip hop that we had to take that idea of you're not writing your bars, you're not credible. Like mm. you mentioned, rugged man. Um. Going out Kenny's music for um jacking um styles, Ameri- yeah, styles from yeah. America and just trying to Nigerianize it in a way. So we just figured that oh, if you're not writing your lyrics, you shouldn't be singing that. So I think just the idea that oh you're not a, you're not writing your stuff, so this is not your song. And but it doesn't mean at the end of the day, even even rappers get assistance. I'm just one me I'm always after when I'm listening to a song, even now, is just, this is a good song. Is this the perfect fit for you? Do you sound like you're embodying that emotion? Which is what Two-Face does in that song. Mm. That song, I, I don't know if Blackface would have sung it better or if I had Blackface version, but that song was made for Two-Face's voice. 
Let's not lie. Mm. It's it's it sounds like two faced. Nobody. I'm happy nobody has tried to cover that song because if you do, I will fucking pan you. Because I don't, know, you don't. That's one of the songs you don't touch. Don't touch it. You don't touch it. You don't touch it. It's like you not touch it. It sounds like his voice. Like I understand that you can write a song for someone, but the delivery is very, very important. Mm. If you do, if you write a great song but you don't sing it well, it doesn't do anything for anybody. But if a great song is written and it's a song by a great artist, the world wins, which is what happened with African Queen. You know, you don't, you don't recreate the trailer. Mm-mm. Yeah. Who's the person who's going to recreate Michael Jackson's trailer? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You don't recreate it. So the backstory again is, um, I mean, I, I I got the opportunity to interview Blackface yeah. on you know another podcast, <laughs> so, so many years ago, and um the backstory was when they were together as Plantation Boys, they had um, they were working with a manager who had gotten a gig for them to produce a song for a a beauty pageant, oh. and it was you know the theme around the beauty pageant was African Queen. Yeah. So yeah. Blackface had written the record. They were staying together, and at the time when Two Face had gone solo, he was still staying in the crib. And yeah. Blackface was like, "Oh, you're working on your album. Hey, you can have this record." Yeah. You know, and I guess it is very important to you know. Then I I don't know the legalities yeah. uh, you know around it. You know, there's been court cases and different conversations around it, but I guess you know. Um, you're right. The controversy did propel the song even further mm-hmm. after the song organically and naturally had run its course. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was for that plunge. Blackface went ahead to cover the song as well. Mm. It became a thing and all that. African Queen till today is still the song they play at weddings. It's still the song they play yeah. at, you know, I don't know, birthdays everywhere. You know, people are still jacking the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Dennis, Dennis's <laughs> yeah. guy is still probably toasting <laughs> chips, you know, with the lyrics, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and all that. How important is an evergreen song for an artist? It just makes you remain consciously in the minds of your fans from day one. It also catapults you easily into legendary status. Like, you can't just you can't do a great song, and people won't talk about it years to come, fifty years down the line, sixteen years down the line. People will still sing African Queen as if it was sung or released just yesterday, and that's what it does for you. It it helps the longevity of an artist because even twenty years from now, thirty years from now, your name will still be in the conversation, and what's that's the greatest thing every art every creator of art wants that even when they are gone. From the world, their works still live and speaks for them. Is there any science behind this thing? Like, is there a science behind you know what? I want to create an evergreen song. This is how these are the steps to go around it, or it's just you know it's just a thing of luck and well, when the stars align for you. Well, from, I mean, from my experience, uh, sometimes I, I I like to think nothing happens by chance, especially when creating art. I mean, you have to be intentional about what you want to create. And if you're intentional about what you want to create and you take the right steps, it's almost going to get you what you want. I mean, other elements matter to why a song can become a classic or a hit or whatever the case may be. But from the song point of view, sometimes just get it right. Yeah. And it has to, you have to be intentional about everything you want to do. Every every sorry, um, every artist has to have one of those. Mm. Like if you are truly a great artist, has to have one of those. And for you to have one of those, I think you have to have, like, you have to have the talent to do it first. 
like there are some artists that are talented, but they don't have the talent to make transcendent music. Like there's music that just transcends, obviously. I mean, let me use a very, very recent example. Thames is Try Me. Try Me is a song that I believe 10 years from now will just keep going. True. Because I agree. it sounds, it's a transcendent record. The moment I heard that song, you just know. There are some songs that you just know. It's the same way I heard African Queen and I was like, okay. And the next day, I, songs you we literally sit in front of television you don't remember songs the next day. Mm. That's how some songs are. It's like, I, there are so many examples that you can pick up from. Like you can say MIC. The first time you hear MIC, you're like, oh, this guy has something. Mm-hmm. That is it. So it's, like you said, you have to be intentional about it. But there are some times where it just all aligns for you and it makes sense. Like this song written by Blackface, produced by OJB, sung by Two-Face. It just... There's, there's no, <laughs> that was no that's, intention. There's no intention. That's a trifecta that you, yeah. you, you can't, like, it just makes sense that it has to happen. Some of it just has to happen. Another song came into my mind as you talked about Evergreen songs. Duncan Mighty, Potakot Boy. Wow. Oh, come on. That's a record. <laughs> Anyways, I want to talk about the features on the on, on the album. The mm. album is just 11 songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. you have an intro. So technically, you could call it like maybe 10 songs. Yeah. You have no, three was, skits. No, three skits. Yeah, so police eight songs. Yeah. Police skits. MC skits. So eight songs. Eight songs, yeah. eight songs. I was counting, guys. Sorry. Eight songs, three skits. Yeah. So short, yet so powerful. Yeah. It's um, you know, I've never thought of it like that. You know, what do you what do you have what do you have to say to people who have to make 20-something songs? Well um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it just shows it just goes to show that you see what needs to be said. Like, what needs to be said? If it needs to be said, if it needs five songs, do it. If it needs eight songs, if it needs 20 songs, do it. I mean, Don Comanity's first album was almost 20 songs. Yeah. And every, every almost every song yeah. on yeah. that was album a hit. was a hit. Yeah. Back to back. Back yeah. to back. So, it's, I mean, it's not about the length. If you do great music, if people will listen. Mm. Yeah. So, just make the music just great. Just make the music yeah. great. It could people be 14, listen, 25, be whatever. whatever. If it's I mean, great oh, and the transition is great. Hmm. Trust me, people will listen. Yeah. I mean, people st- even in America, people still release seventeen, eighteen t- track albums, yeah. and it, and it, and, it, and, it, and it charts. The, the so, game released the twenty five track album, and every yeah. uh, all twenty five songs were were, yeah. were were dope. Yeah, so hmm. it's really not about the length. I mean, it's just it, that that someone dropped a seven track, eight track album, and it worked for them. Doesn't mean you should do that, hmm. right? I mean, we would like to copy what other people do. I don't subscribe to that. But it's always outstanding, right? When the track length is short yeah, and yeah. the album is powerful. Yeah. It's a it's almost like a bigger, more interesting story than when the track length is 19 and you know the album is great. Mm. You know, you could call Two Faces face to face a classic just because of that. Yeah. Right? Illmatic. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. short. Straight, mm-hmm. straight to the point. You know, um, um, there's so many albums that are, you know, pretty short. AQ's God's engineering. Yeah. It's 34 minutes, 34 minutes, you know, short. Yeah. You know, so the, I think there's always more impact when the album is short and the album is really great. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bigger story to so tell. So for me, I don't like the, the point of being short. Mm-hmm. Just great. The album is great. <laughs> it doesn't have to, it doesn't doesn't have to be, be short, doesn't yeah. have to I be mean, long. I, I just feel like it has to feel complete. This album feels complete, like from the beginning. Ah, to that's it. Mm-hmm. So it has it. to feel it complete. Sounds complete. Like, it's, like there's no, you know, it doesn't feel like he has more to say. Or he's not saying enough. It just feels complete. Like he doesn't need more than those eight songs. Like that's it. I wonder which songs you know ended up on the cutting floor. 
that would be a good conversation to have. The, were there songs that didn't make the album? We need to call. We need to call Kenny. We need. We need to call. We need to call or Two Face. Or Two Face. Or maybe a film or one. We are one person. One person. I also want to talk about the features. Also, you know, very short. You have freestyle. You know, mm-hmm. who has an amazing chemistry with with Two Face on yeah. the record only. Really. You have his brothers, one H-I. of his brothers in in, in the H-I. native. H-I. You have Lil Seal Those and Blackface. You have Blackface. Yeah. You know, I want us to listen to Oli yeah. and listen to that classic 16, 16. 16. <laughs> <laughs> from Freestyle. <laughs> You should let me know Now it's only me that let you know I love you so That is not the way that the story should go Cause it feels good Loving somebody And somebody loves you yeah. It feels good Needing somebody And somebody needs you I yeah. We're just talking about, you know, the polarizing message in Oli. Yeah. How Two-Face is the heartbroken guy, you know, begging the girl to come back. And Freestyle jumps in and delivers his verse and says, you know what? If you don't want me, I don't care. I got chicks in Moremi yeah. Hall and in the US. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, creating music like that and, you know, collaborating, I think I would have would I have loved to have maybe one or two more people on the record on, on, on the album, maybe maybe one more person, maybe a phase on the album because yeah. Two Face does brilliantly well with collaborations. Yeah. Whether yeah. he's you know it's, it's on his own song, I think he even does better when he jumps, when he jumps on, pe- yeah. on people's songs. Yeah. You know, you I mean he 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 worked with uh freestyle, I think two years, three yeah, years later yeah, yeah. on on CPZ. Yeah, yeah, CPZ. And you know, he, he, you, know you know what you know what classic that was another classic. You know what he did on another the record. classic. Yeah. Yeah. The record with Blackface. I think it's one of the most uh, complex records Two Face has done. Yeah, in his life. Yeah, from the production. Shout out to OJB again. OJB did that. Yeah, yeah. OJB did. Whoa. OJB did it. You know. So, so from 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 the production, very complex beats. You know, yeah. the the kicks are just coming in yeah. randomly, yeah. right? And Two Face just goes in his native. You know, so beautiful to listen to. It's I see. I know the I know the song word for word, and I don't know what he's saying. That's the beauty of Two Face singing in Idoma. Hmm. I mean, another record Two Face sang in Idoma that I really, really love is Africa, Mode Nine. When Africa Nail. Africa yeah, Nail. Yeah, yeah. Africa. Yeah. Bra. So when you hear Two Face singing in Idoma, you wish like he made a full body of work in Idoma. That language is so beautiful. It's like a language made for music. Hmm. Even 
Blackface has done songs in Induma and it sounds beautiful. So it was very interesting seeing Blackface on Two Faces album, even with the whole breakup conversation at that time. Yeah. You feel like okay, maybe all of all this was PR stunt and everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, a few years earlier, right? Mm. Kenny's music had told us or had, which is the greatest marketing scheme ever done in music industry. I haven't seen anything bigger than this. Mm. Remedy signed to Kenny's music splits up. Mm. Tony Tetwila signed to Kenny's music is beefing Idris Abdul Karim signed yeah, to, to Kenny's, Kenny's music. music. Yeah. And both how, of them are on the same level. How is it happening? That's <laughs> the greatest marketing scheme ever, you know. So you start to think, oh, is this what's going on here yeah, again? Yeah. We know what's going on and all that. But I guess, you know, and Blackface said it, they were still friends, even though yeah. they split up and they still got to make amazing music together. Mm. And I'm glad, you know, he put Blackface on this record and Blackface gave us some really good 16s at the yeah, end true. of the record. Yeah. It's an amazing, it's an amazing song, but very, very, very complex record. Yeah. Um, I I don't understand the word of it. Until I mean, someone kind of explained it to me, and I was like, okay, I get it. But the thing about music that hits you in, you you don't have to hear all the words. I mean, I listen to Fatumata Diawara. I listen to Angelique Kijo sometimes, and she's just going off. And you may not hear what they are saying, but the spirit of the message that they are carrying, it just hits you. Like it just sounds like it was made for you, and yeah. you just listen to it, and it's like. Because the person told me that the idea is, oh, whatever you do in this life, um, you, you, like you, you just keep carrying this forward and you keep, like it's kind of like a, I don't know, I've forgotten it. But like, anytime I listen to the record, it just reminds me, basically, just be a good person. Like, there's nothing happening around you that you, like, that you don't have some control over. And if you have control over anything, you get to decide how you maneuver through it. Navigate is, through. So that is basically, and when you listen to a song like that, it just, you may not hear, you may not understand one word of it. Just one, you may not understand one word of it, but you just hear it and it hits you different. And it comes from his voice too. Like it sounds passionate singing it. At some point, he's screaming on the yeah, radio. It sounds really passionate. And like you said, it's a very beautiful language singing. And like, I, it's not even like just because of like the way the words flow. It's, they bounce. It's like yeah. the rhythm of the words. Mm. They bounce and they keep. They just keep going. And the blackface ad lib. And that's just the beauty of. It's like it's just it's just beautiful and very touching. Let's talk about the theme and messaging of this album. The theme for me, it's raw, it's authentic. You know, it's a raw version of Two Face, very authentic version of Two Face. If you didn't see, you know, me in this light when I was with my guys in the group, mm. well, this is this is who I really am. Mm. You know, that's what I see. I also think, you know, it's very, very. Um, he comes off as very believable. Mm. The music and you know just the overall theme. I'm very relatable. So no matter who you are, you're a normal boy. You know you're you know no matter your 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 class, your social social status, your mm. economic status, mm. you kind of relate to it because he's being, you know, it's you're listening to it and he's like he's your friend in the same room with you sure. and having a conversation with you. Sure. W- what do you think the theme of this album was? Um, I think it's someone growing into yourself, like. Like I said earlier, you are first, or you you decided to take a bold step forward. The truth is, whenever you take a bold step to do something, you don't know what you're going to do until you get there. And that is what this album is. It's not like he's engineering it on the fly, but he has to prove it to himself. And that's kind of like growing into yourself. And when you grow into yourself, you kind of surprise yourself to an extent. Like the first so, time a superhero puts on the Exactly. Cape. Exactly. So it's like, this is not really like the first time. But like it's your first time going on like a blockbuster mission. Yeah. So you just start pulling out powers that you didn't know you had. You had yeah. the ability. He was very self-aware. Mm. He was yeah. very self-aware with the album, and 
I mean, it stems from the first words from it. That's yeah, I'm coming out straight this time to give you my own kind of peace I mean, of mind. Two Face was already a national pop star at that time, mm-hmm. so it was not like he was looking for popularity or whatever. This time it was for the music. Know me for the music and rate me for the music, not because I'm Two Face or I used to be Plantation Boys or anything. Mm. This was his. I think it was his first opportunity to do something by himself, and he took that chance and he delivered on, on it. Fantastic. I agree. I agree. And the key message in here it's a lot of self love. Yeah. Um, and you can hear it on Infinite Bauer just yeah. because yeah, no finish school. Some, some people, people want to take me for other fool, yeah. you know, or or love. With songs like Right Here or, yeah. or Ole. So whether it's being betrayed or he's trying to convince the, the lady to stay in his life. Mm. Or, you know, just getting ready to party. Catch a vibe. With like, you know, catch a vibe, get a the feeling. feeling. Yeah. You know, like keep on rocking. Or most importantly, introspection. Yeah. And the one song that defines clearly introspection is You Know Holy Pass. Yeah. Damn. I personally, personally top three. That's my top Top three. three. That's top three to face. You know, Holy Pass. Yeah. I mean, it has seeped onto into pop culture. Yeah. And it has become that conversation where everybody says, you know, Holy Pass. Who Holy Pass? Yeah. Nobody Holy Pass. Sagi, you need to catch me in a two face concert. Trust me, I've, I've been to numerous two face concerts across the country, whether it's in Abuja or in Lagos or in Benin or in Nasaba or whatever. You need to see me on a two face concert singing Holy Pass. Holy Pass and Right Here. Mm. Those are two songs that blows my mind every time. And the message in the Holy Pass, it looks like calm, but there's so much wisdom. There's so much, you know, Holy Pass, so you cannot be, you don't, everybody cannot be like you. You cannot be like everybody. Don't try, don't try to pull out the speck in my eye when yeah. you have the log in yeah, your eye. Nice. Or for every time you point one finger, you're pointing four, four back. back at you, yeah. It's an amazing record. Powerful record. Very I'm, powerful. And I mean, I think we've established this already. This is Two Faces main superpower here on this album. Like him alone, not just the contributors. Yeah. The fact that he knows how to deliver like words. This is not, it's not screaming it at you. It's like someone having a conversation with you. you no, know, normally when we want to talk as guys, we call the guy, you go drag and shoulder, you see, you point at him. This one is like someone sitting in there. People are just sitting there with uh, bottles of beer in front of you. And the person is talking to you in a very, very mellow tone. And was that they develop like that? They 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 don't you don't have to you don't have to digest them in the moment, but they are going to stay. Like they stick and they just pop up. Like they are I, I may not listen to this song for a year, but like the lyrics just come from nowhere and you're like, from where? And that's just the power of delivering, like I said, delivering a song. If you don't deliver, I don't care who wrote that song, but like Two Face embodies it. Mm-hmm. Even in that moment, it sounds like him. Because obviously it's going through all that stuff, like going through self-doubt, through, going through things like that. And in that moment, it's delivering a message where you have to, like no matter how much frenzy you're in, when someone starts talking to you or starts singing in that calm voice, you have to pay attention. And once you pay attention, you don't, you, not even that you have to pay attention, it just commands your attention. You don't, you don't have to pay attention. It will command your attention. Like I'm talking here. It's like everybody's shouting now. Someone just sits down. And just starts whistling. Then all of you keep quiet and just starts talking, and it all makes sense. And I think he rapped on that record too. Just putting it. I I I I, I, I have to agree. I think he rapped also. <laughs> I have to agree on that record. He did. He did. 
Let's go out. Let's go out. Let's go out with you know holy pass. All right. Hey, some people be acting like they know it all. Hey, oh, some people be acting like they know it all. Hey, oh, I, some people be acting like they know it all. Oh, see this type of thing we need. Cultural influences, face to face album, yeah. two face album. What are your thoughts, guys? Dennis, um, Burner Boy, everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody. There's no face to face is literally the album that I mean, I was really young when I heard it, so there's no way you understand me that you were my age or older and you didn't hear face to face, like it was literally everywhere, mm. but it wasn't just literally everywhere because it had hit songs, it was. Everywhere because everybody. So next, everybody wanted to be two faced. You, every like I said, someone wrote a letter with African Queen in it. I I tried to. I still. I don't know if I can recall all the lyrics to Symphony Baba, but I know that when the album came out, I used to press rewind back on the CD player, just play that song over and over again, just because I wanted to sing the way Two Face was singing. And as far as influences go, 
everybody's an entrepreneur to face. Everybody. You can hear it the way they sing, the way they move. Like, everybody's trying to, not try to be two-faced, but like, they picked from two-faced. I was, um, Bonner's new album, Waiting This Up, that's a two-faced record. Hmm. That's a two-faced record. Like, if you listen to it, it's a two-faced record. Like, plain, simple, clear. Like, when I heard the song called Face, I was like, this is a two-faced song. And two-faced as well, is basically um, Burner Boy's offspring. Like, we're talking about how... Or oh, the other way around. Oh, oh, sorry. The other way around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're talking about how, like, two-faced belly writes. Like, there are some songs that you, you can't write. It just comes to you. And it's the same way Burner Boy would say that spirits talks to you when he's singing. It's the same way, like, when you interview Black Magic or when Icon was talking about Black Magic and saying that Black Magic just starts saying stuff and it just turns to a song. That's the way, like you have to, you have, there's, a, there's a certain level of creative, creative that you have to reach. But at the same time, you have to have heard stuff to trigger it. And I feel like Two-Face was a trigger for so many artists. For so many. It may not be like the lifestyle celebrity, but creatively, for Nigerian pop music, Two-Face was the trigger for almost every popular artist that we have that popped off from 28, 2008 to, let's say, 2015. Let's say the younger generation, like, the audiences might not have Two-Face as a trigger point. But every other artist from those years I mentioned, Two-Face was a trigger point for all of them. Like, if it may not be, it may not be as explicit as the next person, but he had an influence on everybody. And this album... <laughs> There's no, there's no, there's no doubt. Mm. There's no doubt. Chooks. Yeah. You know when they say if they if they have paintings of you on the road, mm. yeah, you've you are officially pop culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in Nigeria, mm-hmm. another version of it is when people take stuff you've said in your music mm. and use it in everyday life. Mm. Yeah. So from you know Holy Pass to Infinite Power, nothing, nothing they happen, right? <laughs> something these, they happen. <laughs> these these words and these phrases mm. seeped into pop culture. Yeah, exactly. Right? How did it happen, and how what was the impact for someone like Two Face? So for I mean this is oh four oh five, and I mean I, I'm in Benin at that time and. We are looking at Two Face with all of all these great records and all of all these things he's saying in his records, and he just two days later, three days later, you hear everybody saying the same words, singing the lyrics, saying the same. I mean, it's just interesting to see that Two Face had that much impact. I'm sure he didn't even know how much impact he had at that time. Hmm. When when I'm and in the impre- I mean, I I, I I I still remember the first time I saw Two Face perform this album. Uniben, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like everybody, nothing they happen, nothing they happen, nothing they happen, nothing they happen. And you can't you can't take you can't take that away from how much Two Face has impacted pop culture. I mean, he was saying something about how every other person who has followed after Two Face up until maybe 2015, 2016, have an element of Two Face in them, and that's why they always tell you. Two faces are our baba. Don Jazzy will tell you two faces are our guy. The band will tell you two faces are our guy. Mm. If not for anything, the confidence that two faces gave people that we can actually do proper music. When I mean proper music with great beats, because that's like that was actually the very very first time. I mean, shout out to what Paul play and the, and yeah. whatever we do, but with the record OJ beat. I'm making it very Nigerian. Nigerian. That was the first time that that kind of thing was happening and. You could you could tell that from that period, 
even more Nigerian songs started getting on radio. There was Two Face, then Black Face. I mean, then Black Face, then Face. Then before you know, the the bandages and the rest came in, and from there on, the bank it was, up the bank, use. From there on, we're not doing so much mimicking of foreign sounds anymore. Yeah, yeah. We're not doing original Nigerian sounds. Hmm. It was Two Face. The founding father, one of the founding fathers of Afrobeats, yeah. so to say. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much, Chooks. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's been amazing breaking this album down. I totally enjoyed it. Thank you, um, we, we We did over the one hour mark. Interesting. Um, the wow. Blackface episode was about 45 minutes and people were not happy. Wow. So, <laughs> so guys, we did over the one hour mark. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, it's amazing breaking down this album and hopefully if we get to maybe get we i get you guys on another episode definitely of, you know one of your favorite albums as no well yeah, yeah. thank you so much for listening guys let's bounce out with thank you more. Mosheba ele do Mario Bagiga There you have it guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe to a Music in Time podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review it as well. Don't forget to share with friends and subscribe to our newsletter. You can find all the good links in the description below. And of course, follow us on all social media platforms. Thank you and catch you guys on the next episode.